Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jordan Reed. I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, where we talk about things that are spooky, scary, silly, and strange. And willy. <laughs> and willy. <laughs> Lindsay and I are married. We touch faces, and we hold hands, and we talk about these things. We love anything paranormal, anything urban legend, creepy... Our creepy neighbor, Crystal Chris, which we kind of talk about a little bit here and there, but... We did a little bit last week, and I think that's enough about Crystal Chris. Let's let people... (laughs) Let's let them dangle, as they say. My biggest fear is that Crystal Chris will figure out technology one day and hear our podcast and come for us. Now, he doesn't know much about technology because he does know how to play records very loud. Yeah. Very, very, very loud. Very loud. I mean, typically when people, people's basements are, you know, underground, but it sounded like when we were in another house next to his, the music was so loud, it sounded like I was wearing headphones. So he likes to play his music very, very loud. Love it. But if he can figure out, you know, what computers do, what the internet am. Using his crystals. You, if, if he can set up <laughs> his amethysts in a special cryptic series or pattern and he can unlock the internet which that's what the at t people we are might doing. be in trouble we're gonna be in trouble he will hear this for sure yeah i know i just said we weren't gonna talk about crystal chris a little bit but <laughs> one other thing when we were moving in crystal chris came over a few days later knocked on the door which she would do all the time uh as soon as you you really needed to be somewhere okay i'm leaving the house i have five minutes knock 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 he'd knock on the door you have to go put Molly away because she doesn't like many humans. And he asked who the artist was in our house, which is weird because Lindsay paints and stuff and does very good And we things. have no idea how he would know that. No idea whatsoever. But he knew there was an artist in the house. Maybe he could feel it. Maybe he you was using his it. obsidian or opal and set those out and went, oh, someone must be an artist. And then came over, asked who the artist was, and then would he wanted Lindsay to draw his comic book for him. What else? All sorts of fun things. Shadow boxes. Shadow boxes with very cool drawings depicting certain emotions. <laughs> Man, it was really great. It was really great. We're just we're just trying to include you in our Crystal Chris story. In the Crystal Saga. The Crystal Chris saga. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> Anyways though. Anyway. In our show, we will talk about stories that are scary. I usually pick a story and Jordan picks one as well. And we don't know each other's topics. So it's fun every week to kind of sit down and chat with each other about the spooky encounters we had. I agree. Now, encounters implies that these are personal stories. They're not. But reading them, I would consider reading the stories or doing our research. That's a type of encounter. Sure. (laughs) An an e-encounter. An e-encounter. Also, every so often, we talk about guest submissions, whether it's a topic that a guest has uh, submitted to us, or an actual story, perhaps. Um, And today we will be talking a little bit about the crybaby bridge and the whole concept of a crybaby bridge. It's very very cool, I think. You touched on it a little bit, but we didn't go into depth of explaining it. Nope. Yeah, I uh, nearly scratched the surface of crybaby bridges. Okay. Okay. All right. Well... I think you went first last week. Yes. So I will start this week. Good. Quit reading my notes. I didn't even read them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what I thought was kind of a cool topic was all of my girlfriends are having babies right now. Oh, no. Well, not, not oh, no, about having babies. Yeah. And babies could be really scary or they could be really great. They could be really happy and humble and beautiful, a beautiful thing. If anyone's listening and you've had a scary baby <laughs> or you have a scary baby. Please let us know. Please send us an email or email your closest exorcist and just CC us in the email. That would be great. SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or one thing I absolutely love reading online is... The scary things that kids say. Oh, yes. Without knowing that they're saying something really, really scary. There was that one story. I've read it a few times. Or I think you you read to me when we were driving somewhere where it was 
this dad was tucking in his daughter and she said goodbye and he went oh i think you mean goodnight she went not tonight (laughs) yeah they just say really creepy things and i think it is adorable and very scary because it's like the same thing with can kids sense spirits just like dogs yeah i mean i don't know it's weird molly's seen five ghosts in the past week but all my friends that are parents now, I think that they are amazing moms. Yes. And all the stuff they do for their kids are wonderful. But one thing I found were creepy old inventions they used to have for children. What do you mean? Now, this is like 1900s, 1920s. Okay. They had a bunch of weird inventions that were supposed to, like, help you. Help you what? Take care of your kid. Now, I would say a lot of people make fun or like mock a lot of the, what, advancements in engineering and inventions in this era. I say it would have been smart if it would have just stopped there. We would have just kept those inventions uh, from the 1920s. No, they're terrifying. Quick note, Molly just spent five (laughs) minutes trying to lay down behind me on the couch and she was basically digging in the, she's still, will you stop it, showing off. Okay. She likes to hide her head in the couch, so she's just... She couldn't do it right. I was moving the pillows for her. She's mad. (laughs) She's mad, and now I'm furious. So, okay, anyway, so back to creepy baby stuff. (laughs) So it's not necessarily babies are creepy. It's the things that they used to have for babies that are kind of creepy. I like this. I'm I'm already excited about your topic. My first one that I'll talk about that I think is really funny is from 1922... The inventor of this was Emma Reed, and I thought, how fun, because she's a Reed, too. But then when I found out what she invented, I was like, oh, no, we're not related to her, because she's a terrible person. Well, I mean, distantly, we are. Yeah, probably. I mean, in a way, well, not in a way, I mean, we're related to my dad, and he puts, like, mustard and jelly on a sandwich, (laughs) which I think is totally abhorrent (laughs) and despicable behavior. So... I mean, a crime is a crime. We do love him a lot. I love him a lot. (laughs) So some Reeds can do some pretty bogus things. Okay. Well, anyway, so Emma Reed, 1922, she's like, oh, man, I live in a busy city. I live in an apartment. Yeah, she's, She said it out loud. She said it out loud. (laughs) And she was like, listen, I can't get my baby outside. My husband's at work. I'm doing housework all the time. My baby gets no fresh air. And, like, I need a place to put my baby while I'm doing my housework as well. So she invented this thing that's suspended from the window of her second-story apartment. Very safe. And it was a cage. Great. So it was, like, this cage that hung outside the window that you could just put your baby in there and shut him in, and he'd get exposed to the outdoor air, and you'd have a place to put your baby while you're vacuuming. A little outside cage that stuck, that sort of jutted out from your window? Yeah. Oh, that's well, that's great because if, okay, <laughs> I'm in the kitchen. What if that thing breaks? But that's, uh, I guess that's a risk I'm willing to take. Oh, because my gosh. Because here's the thing. I'm in the kitchen, right? You're, you're home working. I have the day off. I'm home. I'm making a ton of pies. It's summertime. I'm making rhubarb and strawberry pies. You've never made a rhubarb pie in your life. Rube- oh, did you mean to combine those words? A rhubarb. Oh, no, that's I didn't. That's very good. Okay, so I'm making I'm making a rhubarb pie. Lindsay, that's really good. A that's very that's pie. actually very 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 good name for a ru- for strawberry rhubarb pie. Yes. Okay, I'm at home. I'm making rhubarb pies. Yeah. I'm taking them to the Target down the road because I just, you know, I want to bring the people at Target a rhubarb pie. I'm baking. Our our kid wants wants to get fresh air. You put the kid in the cage, and as soon as I need to let those pies cool, baby swap, pie swap. You put the pies in the window, bring your baby inside your house. And then so you you, can... it doubles as a pie cooler. Yes, it doubles as a pie cooler. Okay. I don't know. The way this look. Okay, if you look it up online, if you just look up baby cage online, I mean, there's uh, some terrifying uh, things. There's like, uh, there's a baby in a cage outside a window in like a 50 second floor. Like, it's terrifying. In the Big Apple. Yeah. I don't want to. I was going to look it up and then I was afraid I'd be put on a list. You might be. <laughs> so I will not be looking up baby cage. Okay, so another weird thing that they used to do. This was 1900s. I didn't get a year for it. But they used to use UV lamp branding. So they used to brand your baby at the hospital. So your baby would be born and they would use UV light and its initials 
to burn it into your baby's bottom. Yeah. So your baby didn't get mixed up at the hospital. Well, so you'd basically give the baby like a sunburn to make sure that it would go home with you. But the thing though is like, yeah, it's great because it's like, okay, if baby mix-ups are a thing back mm-hmm. in the day, then, you know, you need a way. But like to brand your newborn baby. I have an idea. And Na- UV is not even good for your baby. Here, you want to hear my idea? What? Name tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I know that it still happens. I mean, I don't know if now it still happens, but it still know. happened that there was baby mix-ups. Yeah. But, like, you basically just gave your baby, like, a chance of really bad cancer. Why not Why not be able to pick, okay, hear me out. You have a small tray or a small bin of accessories, so your baby's born. You don't want to get your baby branded because that's very unusual and very and very cruel. Name tags just aren't a thing yet. They're not really in fashion. Put <laughs> so a really burn cool, your baby. No. Pull out of the box of accessories. Okay, my baby's the one with the one half of the best friend's necklace on. Or my baby's the one with the sunglasses. But those are, those could be hazardous. Not Yeah, but they're cool looking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know personally if I'd be able to burn my baby. But also, like, there's people that get, like, their baby's ears pierced. And, yeah. like, people, like, I don't know if UV branding was, like, necessarily the worst thing I read. But it was still kind of like, oh, you just gave that little baby sunburn. I know which one's my baby. The one with the nose ring. <laughs> That's my baby. That's Margaret. I know Okay, it. well, see, speaking of fashion... There was also the baby gas mask. Oh, wait. For for why would that be? It was like a major, majorly like a um, World War II thing when oh, Germany sure. was like invading Poland and stuff like that. In like a state of emergency, there was a gas mask. And it's basically this like little chamber that you put your baby in. And there's a tube that comes out of it and connects to your like typical gas mask that you would imagine like you wearing so you're sharing so your you're breath you're sharing your breath with your baby <laughs> so that one was kind of like it's just freaky looking to look at, at online but yeah. like i can understand where that's coming from yeah. like if there were bombing or attacks like then you would need to save your baby but it's really creepy to look at i bet you like just someone wearing a gas mask in general is just really creepy but slipknot it was Slipknot, baby. The DJ, the the DJ from Slipknot was the one who wore the gas mask, and then you know throughout the years, different iterations of the mask. Still creepy. Gas masks by themselves are very weird. Yeah, think about like you wearing a gas mask and then like having your baby attached to it. It's like this weird like umbilical cord. Like oh yeah, what a metaphor. Meeting. What a metaphor. Oh boy, that's but very anyways, cool. The one I really enjoyed was the baby walker. Now, that one sounds pretty normal. Yes. I think this one is really funny, although very cruel for your baby. Okay. Okay, so he was a a Swiss engineer came up with the idea to strap wooden beams between his legs. Between the baby's legs or his legs? His legs. One on each leg. A wooden beam. Facing out. The other side of the beam would be attached to the baby's legs. So then when you walked, the baby would have to move his legs up and down. And to keep his, like, the top half of him from falling forward, his the top half was attached to a pulley system that you would hold up with your arms. So, so you kind of hold him up like a little puppet, and then you would walk with your legs and make his legs go. Like a baby marionette? Kinda. Goodness gracious. Seeing that one online, it's very funny. Yeah. It's not as harsh, but then when you think about it, it's like that baby probably doesn't want to walk anywhere and you're moving its legs all around. Well, and I think the whole idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, science wizards, but I think the whole <laughs> idea of learning how to walk is doing it by yourself. Yeah, that was their like idea that the Swiss engineer was kind of like, oh, well, I'll help him get the movement. And then when I take the wooden beams off, he'll just do it. I mean, do you, did it ever work? I doubt it because it's not around anymore. <laughs> call me crazy, but I think babies, I mean, that's all they do is they look and they mimic. Like, that's all they do. Yeah. That's so funny. You might as well, like, strap up strings to your arms and, like, tape fork, like a, a fork and a spoon in a, baby's, in a baby's hands and you eat and then the baby mimics you eating. 
to learn how to do that. That's great. Yeah, you could just put wood planks on your arms and attach it to his arms. Well, and... Think about how you do it when you when you potty train. You just tie strings to each other. <laughs> Perfect. Just, just potty together. Just potty together. Make him potty. You potty, the baby pantomimes you pottying, but it's, you know, a series of strings and large pieces of wood and metal and all this stuff. It's just, it, it, it would work out, I think, 100% correct all the time. Maybe. I think for sure 100%. <laughs> I don't know about 100%. Okay. okay. That's fine. But it, well, it didn't work for the Swiss engineer and his baby walker. It's just let your baby learn on its own, I guess. Yeah, I think so, too. Encouragement. Don't Encouragement. strap him. Yeah. Strap him to A sleep. pat on the back and a kiss on the forehead <laughs> is, all I think, plenty. Don't turn your baby into a marionette doll. No. Well, Pinocchio, they did the, they, it was a marionette and then it became a real person. So, are there parallels going there? backwards in time? No. Well, I don't know when the story of Pinocchio happened. Maybe the Swiss engineer, the Swiss scientist, saw Pin- or read Pinocchio... And went, perfect. Well, in Swiss, uh, oh, spitze. I don't know if they say spitze. It's German, but that's okay. He went, oh, well, spitze. How fun. And then did that. I'll Pinocchio my baby, make my baby a puppet. I'll retract it from being a person. Rewind. Now you're a puppet baby. Fast forward. Now you're a real baby after being a puppet. Either way, that one's not as creepy as I think the other ones are. It's not creepy. It's just silly. It is silly, but the, like, the cage outside the window, like, I could never imagine any of my friends putting their baby in a cage outside, like, a five-story building. I have a question for you. What? Any of them? None of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, I don't think know, they would do it just like, oh, this might be funny for a minute? Maybe some of my <clears> guy <throat> friends, but none of my, my mom, my mom homegirls. Do you think... Brad or Janet, my brother and sister-in-law, your brother-in-law, sister-in-law would do it with our sweet little nephew, Vico? No. Yeah, I think you're no right. No way. Yeah, you're right. Well. It'd be funny, though. Well, Janet <laughs> does bake a lot, so maybe. She needs the, the pie cage slash. To switch him up. Baby holder. Yes. Okay. A Vigo cooler. <laughs> That's not a cooler. <laughs> well, you cool him down. Outside. Yeah, if it's winter time. Okay, well, speaking of storage compartments for babies. Oh, cool. There's the baby holder. The inventor was from Illinois. His name was Caleb M. Pranther. I think, yes, Pranther is right. Pranther? (laughs) I guess so. You don't know. (laughs) I was trying to make, I was going to make like a portmanteau or like a combined two animal names. Panther and something else. It was was stupid. It's low-hanging fruit, and let's move past it. (laughs) Okay. Well, he wanted, because he traveled a lot, Mm -hmm. and he's like, what about a portable cradle? Seems like a great idea. Not a big deal. Well, his idea of a portable cradle, though, was take like a metal tin. Metal is always a good... Right. Very cozy. Yeah, very cozy. Very comfortable, especially when it's really hot out. We just got a metal box spring. So he takes a metal cylinder tin. Perfect. About the size of a baby. You could probably Good. just snugly fit a baby in there. A lot of wiggle room. And on the top is cut like a little latch that you can put your baby in there. Now, it was shaped like a cylinder, so then when you were on a train or a bus or something, the movement of that transportation would rock the baby because it's a cylinder. Or you could use your hand... Or foot, just to rock your baby a little bit. Was it totally enclosed? Was the baby totally encapsulated well, this is, by this metal? This is the best part, is that the it was a cylinder, and there was a little cutout big enough to put your baby in, but that door on top would latch shut. Say if your baby got a little too loud on the train, and he was disturbing people, <laughs> so you would shut the little trap door. Were there air holes? There were air holes, so that's how he could breathe was for the air holes when you shut the lid. But, like, think about it back in the day. They had no air conditioning. They had no, like, comfortable... Like, you basically just put a baby in a tin can and rolled it around. Yeah, and I like Like, how how they thought... I like how they thought, oh, your baby can be rolled to sleep, but I think they mean rolled to barf. Or die. Or die. Like, how did your baby not die? What if you have a bigger baby? Like, do they have different size metal tins for your baby? Uh, I bet you they didn't. <laughs> no, but that's why it's probably not around anymore. It might be like a one size smothers all kind of deal. 
Well, they stopped making it because it wasn't because of the safety of the child. Because Oshkosh Bagosh invented something <laughs> or something, right? No. Oh. They stopped not because of the safety of the child or any hazardous because you're putting your kid in a tin box and shutting the door. Mm-hmm. It's because when you shut the lid, the air holes still let out noise if that kid were to cry. And it still was very annoying to people. <laughs> That's so it's like, cool. I just imagine this on like a New York City subway where people just don't want to deal with this crying baby and are just so annoyed and it's rolling all over the place crying and I, they're so irritated by it. I wonder, say if we are in New York City, I wonder if this was happening there, if everyone put their babies in a tin and there was a separate car, a, sub- a, a separate subway car just for the tins where you'd get on the bus, open up the door, <laughs> toss your tin in and then you'd have to like go... Picking through all your, well, then all your you baby would cylinders. Well, then you for the UV burn on their butts. But then you have to open up the tin, take out the baby, look at its butt, put it back in, <laughs> latch the thing. So I'm That's saying, like, maybe this is where, like, signing your cast and stuff came from. Because people would, like, write their cool name on it. Maybe. On the outside. Laser. Laser have Larry. A, have a kick-ass summer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the last one that I have is the Electro Smile. Now this one is pretty terrifying. Well, it seems it seems like it would be the worst. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So it was invented by Japanese scientists. Okay. A big group of them, more than one person more than invented one. this. And it was in their culture, it was looked down upon if kids were not smiling when talked to. It was very disrespectful in their culture. So they needed to smile while they're being talked to. So they needed to smile. Well, to teach kids how to smile and be polite, if they didn't smile, they had these... It's like take a pair of glasses and instead of like flipping them up on your head, flip them down on your jaw and it would go around your ears and it would be like a device that would go around your chin, around your ears. So it's almost like if you were... Guy Fieri, you just, you put your sunglasses on the wrong, like, you you held them on the wrong way. Yeah. Because he wears them, you know, he, he flips Backwards. his back. Backwards. So, so he can check out the haters. And then right where those, like, glasses touch your cheeks, there's little electrodes that would attach to, like, right on the sides of your face. And your parents would shock you if you weren't being polite or smiling And it would be like 30 amps shot of electricity. It would jolt your cheeks up to basically force you to smile. Oh, how nice. And it would stay like that for a few days and then gradually wear off. But then your kid (laughs) would like almost have a constant smile. Yeah, great. But then what they found out was that this was causing oh weird it was causing side effects that's odd (laughs) that's actually very that's very surprising yeah there was many um results of kids like kind of almost getting like autism because of it and i don't know if it had something to do with like their nerve system or the way their brain was functioning kids were getting like post-traumatic stress disorder because they were getting like well, yeah, electrocuted. Yeah, I, I I could only imagine like the whole Pavlov's dog thing. I don't know, like Pavlovically or whatever the the correct term is, Pav Sure. Uh, what that would do to a human being? That's very very scary. Yeah, and then the worst was they would have like twitching the rest of their life. So like their nerves would want to twitch into smiles when they didn't want to smile. Good so you would just Lord. have twitching. That's a lot to handle. That's a lot. That's a that's a lot to process, and it's like very very Electrocute bad. Electrocute your kid because you want him to smile. I guess you could just ask him. Maybe maybe that's <laughs> like where the whole like if you do something nice, you'll get rewarded for it. I don't know. It's because that terrifying. sounds great. Oh, why not instead of shocking your child, give him a treat at the end of the day. If yeah, you were, but you don't if want you were him to nice, be fat, though. He doesn't need to be, you know, I'm not talking about give him a whole cake at the end of each day. Just give him, give him a couple pockies. There you go. Great. Pockies for a smile. Oh, they when do. I get you pocky, you smile. I smile a lot. I love pocky. 
So. What's your favorite pocky? I know your favorite pocky. Yours is the strawberry one with the little bits of dehydrated. With little crunchies with, in it. Yeah, the dehydrated strawberries. Yeah. Man, I love pocky. What's your favorite one? Oh, honestly, I like the original pocky. Is that just the chocolate? Just the biscuit and the chocolate. Yeah. And it's kind of like saying my favorite ice cream is vanilla. But if your standard is if if your standard flavor is that flavor of pocky, yeah, that's my number one. That's pretty good. Oh, I love Pocky. <laughs> don't like shocking your child I don't, to make them smile, though. I don't like abuse, but I like sweet treats. But then I thought about this, too, when I was reading these. None of my friends would do this to their child, but what a good, like, scare tactic to tell your child if, you don't, if he doesn't smile. Like, tell them that story. Like, back in the day in Japan... They used to put this device on your cheeks and it would electrocute you to make you smile. And then you would have mild PTSD and twitching for the rest of your life. So yeah. maybe just So you better be, be nice. nice when you go to your aunt Gloria's house. <laughs> or you could say, you be know. Polite. Smile. You need to be happy that we're going outside for a walk because if I was annoyed with you, I'd put you in a metal cylinder and close the close the little latch. And roll you around on and the train. roll you around. <laughs> Man, that's really intense. Yeah, there was a lot of zingers, and there's a lot more inventions that are just equally as creepy. I just thought those were the the weirdest ones that I found. It's really weird you brought this topic in because my topic is a game, baby baby invention or not, and here we go. One, <laughs> two, three, um, the cradle or the baby boot. Which one's real? The cradle. You're right. Wow. <laughs> what is a baby boot? Well, it's on your business. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, what is what is your topic this week? I'll tell you in one second. One. Two. Three. topic this week is actually kind of a game oh yeah for you to play Ooh! i know you've inspired me so i never play games well you're just uh what do they call it you're the puzzle master i'm the gatekeeper sure you're the gatekeeper (laughs) i and now i get to be the gatekeeper okay so i'm running along a similar trend when i talked about the most popular or the best, I forget, ghost hunting equipment. Yeah. I was doing some searching for brand new, groundbreaking ghost hunting equipment and also odd ghost hunting equipment. Okay. So I've compiled a list. Aren't they all odd? Well, I guess, but you'll you'll understand what I'm talking okay. about. So some of these might seem either exorbitant, gratuitous, silly, lavish, I guess. So some of these have a fairly high price point for what they are. Some of these seem oddly specific, but I assure you, some are real, some are not real. Okay, what's your game called? Uh, right above my notes, just says Spooky Spouses Episode 6, but that's not the name <laughs> of my game. The name of my game is, okay, so you have to help me. There's inventions, but some might maybe like bogus or... Bogus or Boogeyman? <laughs> I'm not really sure what the concept of the game is. The concept of the game is, is this, a real, real piece, not. Is this okay. a real piece of ghosting equipment or is this something that I made up? Bogus or Boogeyman? Uh, okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, so Bogus or Boogeyman, are you ready to play B or B? B or B, yeah. You tell me 2017. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Item number one. So I'm going to be throwing around, uh, throwing around a lot of uh, paranormal slang like EMF or IR. You know what EMF? Electromagnetic field. Yes. It picks up all that stuff. So there's the EMF reader, which we talked about. This is an EMF. This is called the EMF spinner. Okay. It's an EMF. It's essentially a fidget spinner. Uh-huh. That picks up EMF. Electromagnetic fields or electro fluctuations in the electromagnetic field. Okay. So people say when there are large spikes in the electromagnetic field, that's caused by a spirit. 
Or a Slimer. What's the point of of having it on a fidget, a fidget you spinner? You have it on a fidget spinner. On each of the little things that stick out from your spinner, there's your stationary part in the center where you hold on, and then there's your, the actual little things that you spin around. Yeah. Right? There are three of them on this device. It's like a... It looks like it's made out of a hard plastic, and you can see the wiring and stuff on the inside, which you need to, because when you spin it, there are lights on the outside. And when the lights turn green... That means that there's a fluctuation in the electromagnetic field. Now, it doesn't tell you the like percentage or how much or how little. It just tells you that there is a fluctuation. So you can be walking around ghost hunting, you know, doing um, uh, electronic voice phenomena work, getting some ghost voices recorded, but you can also be spinning hard in your other hand. And if it turns green, boom, you're, you're spinning and you're capturing at the exact same time. Now... One part of the game, I did want to include the price for each of these. And one of these, the EMF spinner, is $45. Is this bogus or boogeyman? Well, I just don't understand the point of why it would have to spin. Like, what would make that better than a regular EMF detector? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just maybe... It's just it's, a, it's, it's a trend. It's maybe a way to make ghost hunting more relevant. Or it might be a way, like, hey, guys... All the stuff that we're creating is a little bit cumbersome, a little bit big. This just seems silly. Why not just be able to have a little thing in your hand that doesn't tell you much? That's why it's only 45 bucks. I mean, comparatively, most ghost hunting equipment is fairly expensive. Yeah. Um, I looked at this one thing that was $10,000. That's crazy. Which is crazy. But why not just have one thing that says, hey, probably, and it's cheap in the whole scale of things. The EMF spinner, bogus or boogeyman? Boogeyman means real. Bogus means not real. Well, this is the thing. Okay, so I know you really like fidget spinners, so I want to say that this thing is bogus. Let it be known, I do not own a fidget spinner. <laughs> I think they're funny. I don't own one. But that's what I think. You think that they're so funny that I want to say that this is bogus. But I also want to say this is boogeyman because <laughs> the fact that fidget spinners are even a thing anymore, mm-hmm. or like at all, Yes. they're so stupid. I'm sorry, spinners out, my fellow spinner listeners. Your fellow spinners? So you're a spinner? <laughs> my fellow spinners. <laughs> no, it's, I think that this is, I mean, I'm just going to say it's bogus because I don't want to believe that this is real. Okay. Would you like me to give you the answer or just move on and never reveal if it was true or false? Yeah, I want you to tell. Oh, okay. Me and our fellow Spooky Spouse listeners want to know. It is bogus. I made it up. I knew you made that up. It was pretty good though, right? <laughs> it was because I could see that happening. Me too, yeah. The next one is called the Boo Buddy Interactive Bear. Okay. Now, we all know what a trigger object trigger object is, correct? Yeah. A trigger object? You said yes. Just in case our listeners don't, I'm not mansplaining, but just in case our <laughs> listeners don't, I will tell them what it is. A trigger object is something that is... Uh, used to elicit some sort of an activity or emotional response from a spirit. Typically, people will put teddy bears out because maybe uh, younger spirits, we'll say 10 and under, might be more willing to interact with, say, a stuffed bear. Okay, great. Right. So I think it's just a cliche. Oh, all little kids love stuffed bears. So we'll, we'll, we'll do this thing. So the Boo Buddy, B-O-O, no space, capital B-U-D-D-Y, the Boo Buddy, interactive Boo Buddy. bear, has... EMF or like thermal detecting lights inside of it. And if something touches it, if there's a temperature change or if there's a change in the uh, in the electromagnetic field or frequency, parts of it will light up green or blue or something like that. And you set it down and that's all it does. You coax your spirit or spirits to come up to it and touch it. And if the lights light up, that means that something's interrupted the EMF and it's being interacted with. So it's basically like a trigger object with like a, I don't know, like not an EMF detector, but like a... Kind of an EMF detector. like a, In it. like Basically in it, yeah. So yeah. the the whole thing it's, itself is essentially is one big, very cute EMF REM detector. Pod. REM pod or EMF detector. Yeah. Um, would you like to know how much it is? Sure. It is $300. Jeez. 300 American dollars. Bogus... Or Boogeyman, Boo Buddy. I think Boo Buddy is Boogeyman. I think people try to use that to catch spookies. You think it's Boogeyman, which means real. Yeah. You're correct. Yes. 
I know. You're two for two. <laughs> and I have one, two, because three, Because that one makes sense because people do use a lot of trigger objects they to do. get ghosts to want to interact with them. And, like, if you put your, basically, your EMF detector in your trigger object, that's two and one. Yep. And the fact that it's $300 and I know how crazy ghost hunting equipment is, that, yeah. I think I it, could see that one. It seems like a fair, like... I, I wasn't surprised that it was priced at 300 bucks. I mean, yes, I was, but knowing what it's for and knowing the entire culture of ghost hunters, oh, of course, someone would pay 300 bucks for that thing. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for my next one? Yeah. This is number three of 88. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> these ones, bogus or boogeyman, I'm just going to say, these ones are these ones are interesting. Okay. Paranormal cubes. Okay. Ready? What so, you like do- the Ghostbuster box? It's not the Ghostbuster box. Ugh. This is this is not what you think it would be. Okay. So, what a paranormal cube is, and this falls under the category of breaking ghost hunting equipment. B G H I. Uh, sorry, B G H E. It's not. Yeah. It's not equipment. It's equip equipment. Yeah. Okay. So, what a paranormal a paranormal cube is is it's a small set. You know those fancy silicone ice cube trays? Yeah. It's essentially one of those that's fairly large, maybe two by two by two or three, I don't know. Almost a perfect cube. And there's this mixture. It's kind of like a silicone. Think like a really sturdy jello that's non-edible. Okay. Okay. You pour this mixture in this thing and you mix it up. It's like this, yeah, uh, again, like a really... Like a silicone, but not a silicone. It's malleable, kind of, but whatever. The I, I didn't read too much about it, but you put, like, this powder stuff in there as well, and it sort of sits in the center of this uh, gelatinous sort of cube. And then you put it in your fridge, it sets. And then you set it out when you're investigating next to a REM pod, which emits energy, or an EMF detector, or something, or maybe even a, a trigger object. And it said, after your investigation... If there was paranormal interaction or spirit interaction with one of these paranormal cubes that the like the structure of this thing on the inside, like your your particles, because it's not totally see-through, will right. will create like a kind of like an EKG, like a, a heartbeat thing, you know, like the little heartbeat graph In where it spikes jello. up and spikes down. Kind of. But you'll notice that it creates these sort of the the mixture inside creates these sort of lines. It looks almost like lines. Uh, I'm not going to pull up a photo because it may exist. It might not exist. Okay. It might be bogus, it, it might be bogus or boogeyman. <laughs> okay. But it creates these lines and it says that when there's no paranormal or spirit interaction, you can sort of see these series of like faint powdery lines inside of your cube. But if there is, there it says that there's uh, slight interruptions in these like powdery sort of lines inside of your cube. Now, is that because of the energy or is that because of like vibration? They think it's all energy based. It's all okay. spiritual based. It's it, it there there was this whole diatribe about this specific thing reacts with the specific type of energy put out by spirits, blah blah blah. So that's that's essentially it. It's brand new, highly experimental, and each of these little kits Yes. So it comes, it does not come with water. So you, you make you your that. concoction. You do, yeah. But there's, but there are like pre, pre-weighed pre little package things because you need to mix it at your home. It doesn't come pre-mixed because yeah. it would just solidify. So it's like a few little pre, uh, pre-measured pre packages. They look like the little ramen flavoring packets that you add to your little ice cube thing. You fill your ice cube thing up almost to the top. You stir, 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 stir. And then you set it in your fridge. And when it sets, it expands a little bit, gets almost to the top. And then you just bring that with you. Boop, set it down next to your stuff. If there's interruptions, then a ghost tickled it or whatever. It tickled the cube. It tickled the cube. Now, each one of these kits is $50. That's not too bad. Bogus or boogeyman? I mean, I think it sounds pretty bogus, but I don't know. That's a hard one. Because a lot of like ghost hunting equipment sounds pretty bogus to a lot of people. A lot of it does. The thing I liked about this one is that most ghost hunting equipment is electronic. There's a lot of bells and whistles. This seems fairly simple. It seems like the old flashlight test. Turn on the right. flashlight, turn off the flashlight. Very simple. I mean, it still is 50 bucks. Yeah. But so is a good mag light if you're going to do your flashlight test. I'm going to go with bogus on this one. You think this one's fake as well? Yeah. Okay. Do you want the answer? Yes. It's bogus. I made it up. 
Ooh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you I are. feel like that's a very Jordan Reed thing to do. Like the whole time you were explaining that, I kind of felt like, oh man, he loves sci-fi and all that stuff. So this would be like right up his alley. Well, you're not. <laughs> but it was you're not wrong. Good. You're not wrong. I do love sci-fi, <laughs> and I did make it up. I thought it was funny. Okay. Well, maybe you could start patenting some of these. I mean, I'm sure that fidget spinner, if you tried to patent that, I think maybe you could make some money off of that. I know. Two people who would buy one. Mike Hilty. No. Travis would buy one. Mike Hilty would buy one. And Jake Slark would buy one. There you go. What uh, would you call it? The um, EMF spinner. Oh, the EMF spinner. Or spooky spinner. The spooky spinner? Yeah. No, okay. spooky spinner has like a childish connotation. Well, I mean, it is a fidget spinner, so it's a little childish. But... <laughs> EMF spinner sounds pretty good. It sounds more professional. It does. And I, it, it sounds like something that I would get $45 for if I made, if, if I made it. Okay. In the, in the interest of time, because I want to talk about Crybaby Bridges, I'm talking about this one. You ready for it? Okay. 360 VAC cam. Okay. I was expecting like a cool ooh or an ah, but... I just thought about a vacuum that like spins around, like a Roomba. Well, I mean, that's what it is. Nice. So, your 360 VAC cam is basically a Roomba, but it's not a Roomba. There's no vacuum component to it, but it moves around. It knows where But it... how much cooler would it be if it actually moved around, picked up ghosts, and vacuumed your carpet? It'd be very cool, very loud. Well, I guess you're not really attaching a uh, digital recorder to this thing. So you just send it around. It could totally vacuum. It's just picking up video. Oh, it's just a video camera. Three, 360 vac cam. Okay. So what it is, it's essentially a Roomba with the soul of a Roomba sucked out of it. It's yeah. just a little tiny... No pun intended. Oh, very funny. Vacuum jokes. <laughs> a little bit of a vacuum joke for you guys. I hope... I was going to say sucked again, but I already did it. Uh, moving on. It's a Roomba with no sucking ability, and it just moves around, bumps off of stuff. It's fairly quiet because there's no vacuum going on. Yeah. And on the top of it, 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 it essentially looks like someone bought a Roomba taped over the vacuum thing and just attached four GoPros, four IR or infrared GoPros of this thing. Yeah. Um, so I believe you can either attach night vision or infrared GoPros at the top of this thing. And there's also one of those paranormal pucks on the top, which emits a constant uh, what state of energy that is supposed to elicit spiritual or paranormal activity. Right. Um, it's it's kind of like a magnet. They they like love the energy that, that that's coming out of these paranormal pucks. But it just spins around and goes all over. It doesn't stay stationary. And it essentially, because like the little tiny GoPro cameras that you have are wide angle, so they're almost taking a 360-degree shot the entire time. It's all four cameras. And it just moves around. So you kind of just set it and forget it on any given floor. That you, If you're on like a multi-level building or investigation sort of scenario, you just set it and forget it. And then you grab it. You will, I guess the, the pain in the butt would be walking around to find where it is. And then you find it and then move it around wherever you want. But it's constantly taking video. So it's nice. Like a static camera, that's nice. Yeah. But it's static. It just stays right there. This thing right. is going all over the place. Nonstop. Nonstop yeah. footy. And you have 360. So you can... 360. Like anytime you watch any ghost shows or something, it's like, oh, some, I just heard something behind me. And then they flip the camera around really fast. But it's like they didn't get that footage. They never caught it. Yes. But if you had something that was all around you, I think that one's Boogeyman. I think that's true. Would you like to know how much it is first before you decide? I guess so. It is $800. Yeah, that one is true. Okay. I think that, that one's, one's true. That one's true? Yeah. That one's bogus. No, you made that one up. Yeah, I made that one up. I feel like that's a really good one. So, well, good thank job. you very much. Thank you very much. There, when, when I was looking, there were 360 cameras. Yeah. But you just set them and they're just stationary. But I thought, oh, put that thing on a Roomba. And then you can I, see, I don't place. think that's a bad idea because then that idea. thing travels around well, and it creates energy and then maybe ghosts will be attracted to it more. Now, after the game, I wrote down in my notes, ask Lindsay what type of ghost hunting equipment she would come up with. That I would come up but with? I think we kind of both just did. Well, yeah, the 360 cam. I mean, that's a good one. I think it's pretty good. Because seeing footage is always the best footage you get. And it's the most believable, for, for the right. most part. Now, all video footage also falls into a spectrum of totally bogus to totally boogeyman. Right. But I would much rather see video footage than I would still photography oh, or... Oh, yeah. Well, audio's good, too, but... What about, 
like something that you wore like on your head, like say like a like a headlight type thing. Yeah. Like a little headlamp. Headlamp. Yeah. But it had cameras all around. So like wherever you're looking, it could see what's next to you, what's behind you. I think that's a good Ooh, idea. Ooh, that's creepy. Like thinking about walking around and then like that camera behind you is picking up something. And then all of a sudden. Watching that footage later would be terrifying. You see some sort of shadowy figure just peek out really quick and then peek back. Oh my gosh, like behind Ooh. your shoulder. Yeah, that'd be creepy. Oh, no way. What would you call that one? The haunted crown? <laughs> the creepy crown creepy crown's pretty good i think i think you and i can invent some really good ghost hunting equipment yeah i don't know i think the camera thing would be i think we're onto something i think we are too yeah <laughs> well that's mine very cool. thanks for playing bogus b or b you tell me b or b you tell me so we did say that we would be talking about crybaby bridge yeah a little bit now a crybaby bridge. This this topic was suggested to us by our good, good, good buddy, Steve Boutros. Thank you, Steve. Hello, Steve. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> I, I did most of the research about a crybaby bridge, and it's, it's neat because a crybaby bridge is something that's pretty ubiquitous. It just sort of happens all over the United States, and I'm sure other parts of the world as well. It's typically a bridge right. where people hear crying. Yeah, and it's usually like a mother killed their baby or mother threw killed their, their baby yeah or there was some sort of tragic accident there yeah whether it was homicide or whether it was an accident or whether it was whatever whether it was whatever yeah um and we were looking it up on wikipedia and it was saying something like ohio has i think six or seven documented crybaby bridge stories but then one of our other friends was like oh there there's a crybaby bridge from where i grew up too that wasn't on the list yeah. Um, okay, so this is what the internet says. After Wikipedia stops asking me to give them $3, <laughs> Crybaby Bridge is a nickname given to some bridges in the U.S. The name often reflects an urban legend that the sound of a baby can be, or has been, heard from the bridge. Okay. Many are also accompanied by the urban legend relating a baby or young children or child. So you're supposed to, like walk up to these bridges or drive past these bridges and you like you always hear babies crying children laughing or playing or crying or like a mother crying or something like that right which is eerie i think people just i mean bridges are kind of creepy mm-hmm. like they always are related to something creepy maybe all these babies were from the 19th century and they had all those crazy inventions tested on them and now they're really sad what if they had the next generation window cage version 2.0 but it was a travel one they're vacationing it's sticking outside of their car the baby's hanging out the window drive over the bridge oopsie days it's a little bit bumpy lost your baby see ya and they fall off the bridge so maybe that that could be one so there's some in virginia in blackstone virginia there's some in illinois in monmouth i hope i'm saying that right monmouth 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 Indiana. Now, Ohio has. There's one in Rogues, Rogues Hollow in Doylestown, Ohio. The Screaming Bridge of Maud Hughes Road in Butler County, Ohio. Uh, Egypt Road in Salem. Wisner Road in Geauga County in Chardon Township. That's close to us. Yeah. Where we, we grew, grew up. up. Yeah, there's a bunch in Ohio. South Carolina, Texas. Man, there's so many. But it's it's just all neat because it's almost the exact same type of story you go to this bridge at night and you hear babies crying right now i did read some of these well one specifically that's not on the list on wikipedia very reputable website very believable website most of the time (laughs) that's a small joke i made up (laughs) there was this one that was debunked because they were saying these these people who went there to check out the crabby bridge because why wouldn't you yeah they were saying oh there's a farm right next door and through these through this very 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 small patch of woods that's where all the goats hang out so you'd hear the goats. You'd just hear all these goats crying like babies. Aww. I know, which is cute. Sad, but cute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's fascinating that all over the U.S. that this urban legend has spread. Like, mm-hmm. you hear urban legends like the Mothman and, you know, Bigfoot. And Very specific. Loch Ness. Yeah, but you don't like, oh, we saw Nessie in Lake Erie, too. Like, you yeah. didn't see this urban legend come all over the place. But Crybaby Bridge, like, it really does bounce around the whole U.S. I agree. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So 
Thank you, Steve, for getting us hip to Crybaby Bridges. And I've never done Crybaby Bridge. If anybody has any experience doing Crybaby Bridge and actually hearing kids playing or laughing or crying, yeah, let us email know. us. Yeah, please send us an email at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. If send any of, us a tweet, Twitter. If, yeah, you, you can get to us at Twitter and tweet about the show using the Spooky Spouses hashtag. We're on Instagram. If you have a picture of you and the actual crybaby of your hometown crybaby bridge. Yeah. Maybe you're like giving a thumbs up or like making a, like a, oh, I'm scared sort of face. Like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, those are always fun. Right. Um, or, yeah, any any stories whatsoever uh, in the U.S. and Ohio. We know we have some listeners in Germany. If you have any German crybaby bridge, Ooh. which I don't know what that would be in German. Okay, so crybaby bridge in German is... <laughs> I'm turning it up. No, I have no idea what that just said. Crybaby bridge. Crybaby bridge. Yeah, that's just common knowledge. It's not. It's, I, I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> Great. Well, I think that'll do it for us. Yeah, send us any spooky stories that you have or any topics that you want us to talk about. Anything that you're interested in, please send us an email. SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter or Instagram, Spooky underscore Spouses. And if you are going to tweet about the show, which we encourage you to do, join in the conversation. Join our Slimo community. Uh, use the Spooky Spouses hashtag. That would be wonderful. And please share with your friends, family, ghosts, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been really great. We've we've been really encouraged by all the enthusiasm we've seen and we've heard from our friends and so if you've helped spread the word or if you've, you know, sent us a little text or a message online to let us know how much you enjoy the show, that's why we're doing it. And that makes that 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 really means the world to us. So thank you guys so very much for listening and helping us spread the word. It's very, very nice. Yes, thank you. And oh, also thank you to Eli for writing our music. Yeah, uh, our intro music and the music we used intermittently throughout the episode. He is on Twitter at Eli who does music. He writes wonderful music for Bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, Christmas celebrations, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Canadian Boxing Day, Yom Kippur. Uh, any holiday you want. He'll write you a tune. He'll write you a tune. Wonderful tune. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Molly literally, as soon as I said that's it, rolled over under her back and now wants her belly scratched. So I guess that's it. <laughs> that's officially it. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. And we'll see slash talk to you guys next Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. toodaloo. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>